Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 93. How are you girls doing? Hello, I am... Fat and full and totally, uh, what do you call it, when you just are so happy and content. <laughs> I, I, call, I, I call it fat and happy. That's, that's what I call it. I'm going on day, what is it, uh, day four of Thanksgiving leftovers, and they are just as good today as they were that day. In fact, I am... <laughs> I'm already planning on making another batch of mashed potatoes just so that I can continue to enjoy my ham and turkey leftovers <laughs> the way they were intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had ham and eggs uh, for like three mornings already, so I totally get it. My diet has been pretty much the same. Turkey, a lot of bread, a lot of carbs, mashed potatoes, roasted potatoes, oh, yes. green beans. It's all... All the bread. Yep, all the bread. <laughs> my, my favorite side dish is stuffing, which is just fancy br- cut-up bread. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's pretty delicious, man. Um, I already bought my Christmas tree. I bought it yesterday. Oh, nice. I still, have it, I still haven't put it up, though. I got it at Costco for, I believe it was 45 bucks. Mm. No, I think it was thirty nine ninety nine post tax, so about forty three, forty four, something like that. Um, so I'm very excited. I still haven't unwrapped it because uh, I have to go find the stand out, out uh, in the shed. Yeah, yeah. But I do definitely need to have it up by Monday because on Tuesday my nephew comes home, and we'll be able to decorate it. Oh, then. nice. Well, we have ours out already. We have a fake tree. We used to do a live tree every year, um, and we would buy it from Target. But then Target closed its garden center, and they didn't sell trees anymore. And I was like, now what am I going to do? And <laughs> I I tried a couple of times to go to a couple of different places, but they were so much more expensive than the ones I would get at Target. I would get the $25 ones at Target, and yep. it was the, just the perfect size. Because we, we live in a very small one bedroom house and um i think it was two years ago now i was like i'm just or maybe even three years but i i was like um we time got away from us we didn't have a tree and somebody donated this like fake tree and i was like okay let's just put this fake tree up and then after that we put it up couple years in a row but it was so wongo it would fall over and finally i think last year i was like okay i'm gonna spring for a nice fake tree um (laughs) and so i bought one that has the lights already in it you don't have to worry about um untangling that those strands every year and so the tree has actually been out since Friday, um, but we just haven't decorated it yet. But it's kind of nice just having it out and turning it on. It's very festive. I think everybody could use that little bit of extra festivity feel these days. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I already took my color street color off for fall. Uh, so now I'm ready to go into winter. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pl- I'm definitely planning on a Nightmare Before Christmas Ooh, color street. Nice. nice. So I have I have some pumpkins uh, faces uh, left over from the Halloween oh, color street yeah, colors. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to incorporate those with some reds and it's going to be great. I, I'm a very excited, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, color street. Um, I was going to have a Thanksgiving with my aunt um, and because she has a small family and then we have a small family. We're going to we were going to try to have like a, a socially distant uh, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. but then she got a visit. Although the visit was outside with the mask on uh -huh. the whole time. Yeah. Um, but they were talking for like half an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so she just didn't want to risk it. That the person tested positive <gasps> for COVID. Oh, yes. after the visit? Y yes, oh. after the visit. So she said, you know, he kept his uh, mask on the whole time. And we did hug a goodbye and she's like, and that's why I don't want you guys to come yeah. and get exposed if if I'm already exposed. She's like, unfortunately, my family is already exposed because I didn't know that they were COVID positive. They didn't know they were COVID right. positive. And so now she's quarantined. Their whole family's quarantining for 14 days. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. So seeing that happen and seeing how worried she is because she is a cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh, she went through chemo, so her immune system is not as as healthy as everyone else's. Yeah. Um, it it just it just has sparked so much stress mm -hmm. and concern. So like every day, I'm like, "How are you doing?" She's like, "I feel fine. I feel fine." So, but you know what? That's just to let us know, guys, that it's not over. It's still yeah. out there, and it's like, and it's not stopping anytime soon. The no. statistic no. right now is that one in every hundred and forty five Californians has COVID. So, mm -hmm. you know, like That's how many crazy. people do you run into? Like, you definitely, yeah. like, if you just go out. I haven't fucking left my house, but I'm okay with that. But I know that it's really hard for some people to, like, mm -hmm. I think the most affected that it has me is that I just have to spend more time with my family and with my parents. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just all like, well, <laughs> shit. Like, I can't, I can't even go out to, like, the mall or anything and stuff like that. But it's all very... But it's stuff that is, like, for me, it's easy to give up and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, all I have to do is put up with, mm -hmm. all I have to do is put up with family. But with, there's some situations where that's not the case with some other people. And there's problems that abound because and in California, the situation is serio. Because, what yeah. was it? Also, uh, homicides have gone up in California more <gasps> than... Yeah, more than really yep. homicides have gone up in California more than they have in the past like fifteen years. Wow! Mm -hmm. so, you know, all these people forced to have to deal with each other's shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, that's the truth. Domestic violence reports have gone up yeah. as well, and so it's mm -hmm. like big yikes. But it's yeah, like it's still like, but it's still very much prevalent. And then there's going to be stay-at-home orders now officially yep. until december mm -hmm. 20th which is like mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. you could have done this from the beginning but you didn't so here we are now yeah but all over my facebook when when these new orders came out so in la county i'm not sure if it's throughout california i think it's LA just county LA county. Is county the article i read 
but our restaurants have closed down now no more in house uh i'm i'm sorry no more outside eating um they couldn't do in-house since march um and they they reopened up to do outside but now no outside eating um we have a curfew from 10 p.m till 5 a.m and the newest one <clears throat> oh well re non-essential retail stores can only operate at 20 percent capacity um and then they uh strongly advise against gathering with anybody that you do not live with in your household whether it is in public or private so mm -hmm. Already all over Facebook, people are complaining, oh my God, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me who I can see and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like this is exactly why we are in the situation we are in right now. So <laughs> like, just do what you told. And how many of you mother effers are the ones who are telling black people if you just would have done what you were told? This wouldn't happen <gasps> to you. That's so fucking true, though. Uh, my God. And you know what? Our bubble just keeps getting smaller. Like, uh, I remember right now that Frank, uh, my husband, he went out uh, on vacation. But during that time, they hired another guy to take his place. And then he ended up testing positive <gasps> for COVID oh, wow. because he has kids that go live with his ex-wife. And so, like, the, tr you know, the transportation, the they they all got covid and so now everybody in the company had to quarantine <gasps> that was in contact with him so right now there are no there's nobody actually working um there's very little groups of people that are actually working for the company right now wow so and yeah so with frank just was lucky that he was on vacation during that time yes and he also tested negative on his way back he's he's going to test i think on tuesday again mm -hmm. but he also was quarantined after right. coming back yeah. uh before starting to work so i mean it's just it our, our, our my bubble of our family just got smaller just because of that person that visited my aunt and also frank's uh uh, uh co-worker so uh yeah you guys have uh, we just have to be really vigilant we can't we can't let down our guard we still have to wear the mask we still have to use the antibacterial soap and the antibacterial ointment and i mean i go as far as to spraying stuff when i come home yeah like i wipe it down and stuff because also people are grabbing stuff at the grocery mm -hmm. store and putting it back i yeah. don't know if they wash their hands that, I, you know? yeah actually <laughs> um <laughs> this was back in during the summertime man i can't believe we're already like at, going through seasons with this thing but back in summertime yeah, yeah. i wanted guacamole uh, i think it was for fourth of july and there i was in the grocery store touching all the freaking avocados and just as i'm like finding good squishy ones i'm like oh shit how many other people did this and yeah. like and i come home and i'm like cutting them up and i'm like oh damn i didn't wash it before i i had only done one i cut one up before i realized damn i forgot to wash them and then i'm like but <laughs> but it's an avocado i don't want to throw it away because <laughs> i had already and he's like well you only eat the inside i'm like yeah but have you ever cut an avocado like it gets everywhere it's all over your hands while you're trying to cut it and i'm touching the outside i'm like well i guess if guacamole is the way i go <laughs> it's the way i go <laughs> and i kept it and i ate it and i was fine but after that i 
it, it became very, very like when I was in the grocery store, I became aware of everybody touching the produce. So we bought some of that um, produce spray that is soapy, but I guess good for your food. It's okay. You know, it's not harmful to you. And mm -hmm. now I wash all of the fruits and vegetables uh, with the soap because um, COVID is a lipid based uh, virus. And so uh, when you wash it with soap, uh, it actually is what kills it. So um, I wash them all with that before. I think it's called fit or something before we before we eat them but I hadn't been doing that until mm -hmm. I actually like it's it these are all things we never used to think about oh absolutely uh when Frank came home I put all his luggage in the backyard on a table and we left all, like all his clothes where everything was out there like the luggage and everything for like uh two days two days and then well he wiped everything down and he left it on the table whatever we needed to take in we did but we left it out for two days just in case you know any, yeah you, you, uh hopefully whatever was on there died out yeah. you know like uh we did spray it with the a solution sort of like lysol yeah uh but still you know we wanted to be extra careful there's no need to bring it in if it doesn't need to come in right. you know but um but yeah that's that's what we did i mean i just I mean, I'm scared. I don't have insurance. So the last thing I need is to actually get sick. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm extra careful and a little bit manic about that kind of stuff. But um, other than that, uh, like, you know, I wash, I wa make sure that my masks are washed. They have filters in them. Um, I have solution, antibacterial solution in my purse. I have it in the car. You know, I have it at the at entrance of our, our house. I mean, it's just a... Uh, um, yeah, I'm a little panicked. Yeah, you could say. <laughs> I mean, just like Jen said, the numbers just keep getting higher and higher. And especially here in LA County, because we are such a densely populated county. Um, mm -hmm. And because there's so many people that aren't listening and in insist on i mean there is this bar that was um down the street from the shop and every night i would come home we close at six o'clock and i would drive by there and they were freaking packed i mean packed to the brim they were not six feet apart once you start drinking and you know you know being jovial whatever with your mask off like i cannot understand how people continue to um, put themselves in those kinds of situations um, when this kind of stuff is happening. So I just get very frustrated at that because it's affecting all of us because the numbers keep going up. But be when people aren't affected personally, it's not true for them. It's like, oh, whatever, people are blowing it out of proportion. Everyone um, thinks so... that they're the ones who are not, who are immune or something like that. It's like my little sister yeah. said. It's this pick me mentality that most people have that is just like, oh, like, oh, this wouldn't happen to me. This can't happen yeah. to me. Like, the, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's such a, like, I don't know, it's stupid, but it's how people it's are. Like, it's like a sort of disconnect like unless you know somebody then you know it doesn't think you don't think it's going to happen in your bubble i mean for instance just the people behind me my neighbors in the back they have like 10 to 20 people parties almost uh twice a weekend you know it's just wow. ridiculous and uh i i mean i don't i honestly don't know what they're thinking yeah in all honesty not. yeah none of them none of them is wearing a mask they're all drinking beer and just having a good old time and dancing and yeah i mean you know, great. Eres una persona alegre, but come on, we're in a pandemic right now. Yeah. We should be isolating. 
so that makes me worried makes you want to build a really big wall in the back so like when they would turn into zombies they don't come attack me. <laughs> i've been watching too much too much tv guys uh, wear your mask <laughs> yes absolutely wear your freaking masks and you know what make make it fun get yourself some really cool masks i just got myself a um silence of the lambs anthony hopkins mask <laughs> I, I'm so excited to use it. I can't wait That's till it comes cool. in the mail. Yeah, like just go crazy with it. I saw a Miles Morales one, but that one comes from China. And it's not that it comes from China. I could always wash it, but I didn't want to wait that long. Yeah, so. I have so many masks. I have so many different ones. Um, at the uh, antique fair, there's this woman who's there every month and she sells masks. And I buy like five different ones every month. And I'm like, it's not like we're not going to need these anytime soon. I, might as I mean, they're nice little fashion accessories. So I continue to buy all the cool ones that she has. And um, I wash mine and I always have some that I can just cycle through. And I, I've had a Thanksgiving one that I wore for a couple days. And now I'm going to start wearing holiday ones. So yeah, I'm... I'm having fun with it and just continuing. I mean, if we have to wear them, might as well, like you said, uh, have fun with it and have cool ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool Absolutely. Ones. Yeah, I wanted to get the predator uh, mouth, you know, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> That's funny. I couldn't find one that I actually like, but I'm so excited. I, I can't wait till my stuff comes. At first, I was just wearing the black one, but I'm like, hey, let's just have fun with it, right? Yeah. Let's just go crazy. So... <laughs> That that's recent. My recent purchase uh, online has been awesome masks. Yeah. All right, guys. Qué hora son? Uh, what time is it? Es la hora de la cervecita, and I right. have. Uh, well, we all have a nice can of Smog City Brewing Company beer called the nothing it is a double chocolate imperial stout and it has um it says it has notes of chocolate caramel and roast uh and on the back it says um you hold in your hand a beer so dark so rich you may lose yourself as you fall into the never-ending depths of temptation the Nothing is the most decadent dark chocolate imperial stout, and we dare you to defeat it. Dark roasted chocolate malts combined with two types of cacao nibs, creating a balance between rich chocolate cake decadence and bittersweet chocolate, pulling you deeper into the complexity of the nothing. Don't be afraid of the dark. So am I drinking when a I beer first... or am I being seduced by the beer? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so when i first saw it i thought it was actually like a an homage to never ending story because you know what i think the the name of it is uh an homage to the never ending story i remember speaking to the owners of um Spunk city brewing and they were like yeah we love that movie and this was one of the first ones that they brewed and they called it the nothing okay um. Yeah, that's what I thought, but then it wasn't mentioned. I'm like, maybe they can't because then someone will send them a cease and desist <laughs> oh, letter. And it is a uh, entertainment uh, world around here, after all. So, okay, so 
This here sounds amazing, but you you all know that I'm not a stout reporter um, drinker, so I'm very scared that me tasting it is going to completely negate all the yummy words I just said. So I'm crossing my fingers that it's good. Have you tried it yet, Sarah? Before today? Uh, yes, okay. actually, it's a uh, uh, fun fact. First of all, this beer is 9.2%, so it's pretty high up there. Uh, secondly, when I first started drinking craft beer, this was one of the very first craft beers I oh, had. Oh, okay. So, so it's been so around nothing, a while. Yeah, so the Nothing and I have had uh, history. Mm -hmm. so, um, they, this is, uh, I don't know if this is the first time they can it, but this is the first time I've seen it in Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, before everything, before COVID and everything, of course, I had it on tap and then I would have it in crawler and growler uh, fills um, for special events mm -hmm. because, uh, of course, it's a little bit more expensive because it's um, it's it's a nine point three percent and it's seasonal, I believe. So um, it's a little bit more expensive, and we had the glass growlers just for that. Uh, but yeah, we've had a lot of history. Like I said, this is one of the very first craft beers I had ever in my life it what turned me on to craft beer wow so, okay yeah so i'm gonna give it a taste it actually smells very good i i enjoy the smell of it a lot um i smell the chocolate i do smell like a roasty um like note to it as well but i also smell like beer which mm -hmm. are, are part of the reasons why stouts and, and porters are not my favorite because they don't taste like beer. They don't have that hoppiness that I like. So, But that's mm -hmm. what I smell, so we'll see. But it's a super It's dark... so dark. It looks like the nothing. Wow. It's well, very, very, very strong, just like it said. It's very strong. And very um, chocolatey. It, 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 it feels like uh, like a sort of like a bitter chocolate and not really like a like the commercial. Yeah, it's uh, more of a dark chocolate. chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you could totally taste that on your tongue. Um, I do feel that there's a, a hints, strong hints of coffee as well. Um, for me, it hasn't lost. It hasn't lost any of its magic for me. Like. <laughs> Like it, it's, uh, it's definitely my tastes have um, changed throughout my craft beer drinking uh, adventures, but I definitely still love it. I definitely still love it. So my tastes have also changed through my craft beer tasting journey. I started with uh, lagers and pilsners um, and worked my way up to wheats. And then from wheats, skipped right over porters and stouts and went into IPAs. And that is where I stopped. <laughs> um, Belgian-style ales are my favorite. Um, but I just cannot, like, there's some porters and stouts that I'm like, okay, I enjoy it, it's good. I, um, if you give it to me for free, I'll drink it. And there's others that are like, no, I don't like this at all. So this definitely falls into if you give it to me for free, I'll drink it. <laughs> but, Incredible. but it's still so coffee tasting.
scene that I just cannot get over it. Like it's, it's, and it's so strong. Like they say that a good coffee should leave the aftertaste of a freaking ashtray in your mouth. And that's what this is doing to me right now. And I cannot take it. <laughs> ashtray. ashtray aftertaste. I don't know about yes. that. Yes. I don't think I've like ever had that. <laughs> good coffee? Ashtray? Well, nah. Mm-hmm. And I get that out of this beer in the beginning and the middle and the end. I feel like I smoke a cigarette <laughs> after I take a drink of this. It, that, it's, uh, it's my entire palate from the, the middle, the sides, my tongue and the back, everywhere. It's smoky. And I guess that's that it's roasty sort of like flavor. A... Yeah, it's sort of like um, I I woke up hungover in a foreign bed after a a, a night at the club. <laughs> you guys are using some very different descriptors than what I would say. I would, hmm, I think I kind of get the roasted taste that you were talking about. Like maybe not ashtray, but definitely like if I was breathing in, um, uh, like charcoal or like, um, mm-hmm. um or like wood burning smoke. Or something yes, like that. Yes, word burning. Yes, uh huh, definitely. And I don't mind that actually. I yeah. I enjoy it, but I enjoy coffee a lot. Yep. I cut back <laughs> a lot, but I still very much enjoy it, and I like the taste of this one. I like you can definitely taste the dark chocolate and the bitter like the bittersweet like cacao nibs and stuff like that. Um, but. I personally have always really enjoyed chocolate and coffee, so then mixing it up mm-hmm. along with the beer, I yeah, I'm really digging this beer. I really like it. No, don't get me wrong. Just because I described it as a, you know, a hangover, waking up by some strange man um, after a night at the club. That was a good thing. A, <laughs> that was not making it a bad thing at all. That's just like a good memory. <laughs> I would say that's more a fun memory. I don't know if it's exactly. good, but that is fun. I have some very fun memories. Yeah, exactly. No, I uh, I am a I am a coffee lover, uh, hands down. I'm not much of a chocolate lover, but I really like how they use this bitter chocolate to kind of marry the two with coffee. In this instance, like I said, uh, the nothing and I have had really great memories together, and. This is uh this hasn't lo- lost its luster at all. If anything, it's it still stands the test of time for me. I definitely love this beer. I love, in fact, I prefer dark chocolate to to milk chocolate. But I just have never. Okay, it's not even that I don't like coffee. I like, <laughs> and I guess I I don't like the taste of coffee itself because. Whenever I have coffee, I add so much sugar and milk to it that you can't actually taste coffee. So apparently what I like is milk and sugar. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the actual taste of coffee ruins my coffee for me. So, um, and I've been drinking coffee since I was a kid. Um, My grandmother made the meanest cup of Folgers crystals that you would ever drink. (laughs) Well, that's a bold statement right there. And I would use it to dip my pandulce in as a kid. Like, I drank coffee as a kid, but it it was 
milk and sugar 100%. So when when Starbucks started getting popular and like all that stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is gross. I'm not, I don't want to drink coffee coffee. I want like the mocha lattes or like the caramel macchiatos or like all that stuff. So yes, so any beer that tastes uh, tastes so much like coffee that like this one does definitely is not one of my favorites. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, like I said, I'm not sure if this is the first time they can it. Uh, for a long time, uh, Smog City was known to bottle their beers. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. Yeah, for a long time. I mean, it's been some time since I've been there, but I think they recently got their canning machine. Oh, okay. And so... Um, the Nothing was one of the ones that I hadn't seen can before, but when they came out, uh, uh, 310, the uh, liquor store posted a picture of having the four packs available. And because we're, you know, socially distancing, um, I thought it was a great chance to review this beer because usually, like I said, it was a, a growler fill for me. Oh, or yeah. Or it came in a bottle format, which was like, the bottles are a lot bigger yes. than the cans. Yes. So... I'm like, that'd be too much of a percentage of beer for each of us to try to finish off. Right. Like, quite honestly. So I thought this was a great opportunity for us to share a can of beer each and review it on the podcast. And like I said, um, it has history with me. Uh, uh, Smog City was one of the very first uh, breweries that I actually went to and, and had drinks there and um, on tap and stuff. And it was like a new experience for me. That was like the, the that was the beginning for me. So nice. uh, all these other, all, all these other, I didn't even know Monkish was, Monkish was there. No, was there was around there. the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were just, and it, it wasn't until like I started going to Smog City that I discovered all the other breweries that are around there. So um, it has a lot of history with me. And like I said, it only stands the test of time. So are you guys ready to rate it? Sure. Yes. So just as a reminder, our rating system is a, a one through five rating system with one being flaccid, two out of five being initial, three out of five partial, four out of five full, five out of five rigid. And if it is so amazing, oh my God, I can't take it. Um, I love it so much. That is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So uh, I'm going to start it off because it can only go up from here. I'm going to give it an initial because it is so coffee tasting. I just, I don't like it. Eddie's going to love it. He loves when we review porters and stouts on the on the show because I, I take enough sips to review it and then he gets the rest of it. <laughs> So, yes, a two out of five for me. Um, I can understand the appreciation of the chocolate. It, it is very dark chocolatey, but that roasty fire ashtray taste in my mouth is not doing it for me. So, two out of five. I feel like what about you, I feel like how you describe porters and stouts is how I feel towards all forms of sours. <laughs> 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 so, I understand that. Um, I'm gonna give it, well, I'm kind of stuck between a partial and a full, because I really like it, but I can see how people who aren't big fans of coffee or chocolate, or just, like, in general, like, kind of bitter tasting stuff, would mm -hmm. not enjoy this. Um, um, but personally, I really enjoy it, so you know what, I'm gonna give it a full, because I really like it. I like the coffee taste, I like the chocolate I like the bitter chocolate taste. I like how it reminds me of wood burning smoke. 
<laughs> even though <laughs> you said that you didn't quite like that. Um, yeah. So for me, it's going to be a full. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Well, this is Sarah. And like I said, I've had history with this beer. It's brought back memories. And I'm a big fan of coffee. And, a bit, and this bitter chocolate is really a great marriage with this uh, type of brew. I love me some stouts. It's the season of stouts. It is. It's the season of coffee, of chocolate, of coating your tongue with those awesome flavors. I'm going to give it a rigid. Whoa. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one that I could always go back to and it will always be perfect for me. Like this is my go-to. Like you know, I it could be like 10 years from now or 5 years or you know, and and if people ask me, you know, you know, what do you want? I'm like, I'll have the nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's something I'll go out of my way to purchase every time nice pretty good. so, so yeah. i just handed mine off to eddie and he came back with a note that says it looks like motor oil <laughs> <laughs> but does it's he like it <laughs> i don't know he hasn't said that yet but okay so that's a two out of five a four out of five and a five out of five for smog city brewing's the nothing All right, guys, it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And today, Kristen has some chisme. I have some very sad chisme. And when I saw this, I was like, what the heck? I'm so upset right now. Like, why are they doing this to me? You know that I have been waiting for WandaVision, like, for freaking ever. Like, when they first released... um, the news that Disney Plus was even going to be a thing, um, they Marvel came out and was like, and look at all this amazing content that we're going to give you through this streaming platform. We have yet to even see one single thing, but the first one of them was going to be WandaVision, which was slated to come out in December of 2020. Well, it is Mm. now November of 2020, and they have just released that WandaVision is being pushed to January 15th of 2021. I was already in my mind oh. like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this over the holiday break because it's only a six-episode uh, limited series and, you know, it's easily bingeable. Um, and the um, the uh, previews are so awesome. Um, it looks so amazing. And the fact that it ties into all these theories and everything of what happens after Endgame. I just was so looking forward to it. And to get this news, it was just like, I think the title of the article that uh, that, that um, shared this news was something to the effect of 2020 giveth and 2020 taketh away. <laughs> so, oh. So, oh my God. What has 2020 be given me besides uh, a plague? I, this is not equivalent <laughs> exchange here. so yes now i'm gonna be waiting till 2021 to watch wandavision on disney plus so yes that's my cheese just came out recently and it's very sad and annoying and frustrating but um i am going to just have to wait i guess yeah that's so unfortunate yeah you know what it's not like that many shows have any new episodes out there right now so we're we're really hungry for new content is what i've noticed if anything i think i think if anything we could just like rewatch our comfort series like buffy the vampire slayer or Grey's anatomy god knows there's like 
15 seasons of that, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, th this is really sad news. I, I was really looking forward to it. There was a lot of great shows coming out of Disney+. Plus. HBO Max had a bunch of announcements. So, like, I'm just, like, I guess on the edge of my seat just waiting to see when is anything, if anything, is going to come out add us new content right now. I mean, The Mandalorian. That one's been really good. I, I'm re-watching season one right now, so... Oh. Uh, but I heard, I heard that the latest episode was the best to date because it features the return of the girl. The girl. The girl everybody has been waiting for. Ahsoka. <laughs> Asuka Tano yes, I, has uh, finally made her live-action appearance. I've heard the same. A lot of people in the shop this week were talking all about it, and they would come in and be like, have you seen it yet? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would, all, they would immediately get sad because they wanted to talk about they it. <laughs> they did want to talk about it with an, yeah. somebody else. But honestly, yeah. The Mandalorian gives me such hope for the Star Wars series as the shit show that was The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> utterly killed any any liking I had towards Star Wars but The Mandalorian is working on restoring that faith again because the series is good good TM it's really great and oh I, I'm, I'm loving it I actually want to restart watching season 1 and then kind of kind of just go through season 2 as it comes out uh, I haven't started yet but I need to start because of all the spoilers uh yeah. Facebook. That was kind my like... intention is to rewatch one and then before two came out. Next thing I know, two came out and I haven't even watched any well, we tried to watch the first episode and I fell asleep. So we're gonna rewatch it <laughs> and then keep going. So but now there's a couple of out already, so I at least can try to get through those. But yeah. I intended to rewatch the first one and I for I never fit it into my schedule, so we're just going to see if I can remember what happened. <laughs> if anything, I mean, come on. We could always go and rewatch both one and two. That's what I'm so doing. That's always awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the magic of streaming, guys. All right, guys. It's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing An Embarrassment of Witches by Sophie Goldenstein and Jenna Jordan. So, to give a little synopsis of the book, uh, everyone says that your college years are the best of your life, but what comes next? When Aurora Rory Rosenberg Gonzalez's plans are derailed by an inconvenient plainside breakup, she decides she needs a new life plan and fast. Too embarrassed to tell her parents that she never went to an endangered dragon sanctuary in Australia with the boyfriend they never approved of, Rory swears her BFF Angela Zhang to secrecy. Angela, meanwhile, has just started a very prestigious internship at a leading cryptopharmacology lab studying the use of magical plants for medicinal purposes. Her boss is tougher than anticipated and just happens to be Rory's mother. Rory and Angela's friendship is put to the test as they explore how becoming new people can transform an old relationship. Can their bond withstand the pressures of new secrets and old resentments, blossoming romances, and postgraduate study? Will they be able? Will they be helped or hindered by the nitpicking of their familiars, Archie the Owl and Rhonda the Hedgehog? And can someone, anyone, define praxis? 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, just to start off with, the art is great. It's so expressive. And you get you get the sensation of the feeling of the characters through the art. And it's not like a classical kind of like um, kind of realistic kind of artwork. It's sort of like a cartoonish uh, uh, sense of art. But you, there's so much expression. There's so much detail in the art um, that it portrays the sentiments of the characters as they're going through scene, through panels. It's amazing. I love the little intimer uh, uh those intervals where um i don't know what that game is called the one the, fortune with the paper and the fingers yeah the fortune yeah. teller um i guess there are the issues the kind of like the intro to the issues mm-hmm. or the chapters within the book but even that you get the fortune teller paper that is folded up in the fortune of course as the title of the chapter but also the background information uh, within like the setting of that so like I think at one point it was like the contents of her purse mm-hmm. or something but it was just so I mean I, I I cannot express how much I love this how much I loved all the little background easter eggs I mean there was one point in the art that they were watching true romance mm-hmm. and the scene with Gary Oldman as Drexel was in the background playing uh-huh. and I was like Dude, they got Drexel right on. I was just like, oh my God. Like, the people that wrote this and drew this are like my kindred spirits, <laughs> honestly. Like, I'm like, if anything, they they had all this information that I caught on. And you're reading the story and you're so engaged in the story. And like always, guys, I'm always the one reluctant to start reading the book. But when I do... But when I when I did, I could not stop. Uh-huh. I could not stop reading it. And then once I read some of the pages, I would go back and look at all the art and all the little information in the background. There was uh, some information about um, Little Shop of Horrors. There was a little kind of cameo yeah. reference. And I mean, there's many, there's a myriad of references in the artwork slash dialogue slash storytelling in this that I found so charming and endearing and I loved it. And as the reader, I felt that it spoke to me because there's a lot of the things that spoke to me, like even um, that David movie, David Boy Labyrinth. movie. Uh, I love Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Dude, I went, after I read this book, I re- went on all the streaming platforms looking for Labyrinth <laughs> because I want to watch it now. I, I have and- <laughs> the DVD if you want to borrow it. Look, I'm not going to lie. Labyrinth is one of my all-time fucking favorite movies. I went to go watch this movie on a special, like, what, like, fucking 20th anniversary, like, screening or some shit. Like, somewhere yeah. somewhere in Century City because they were the only ones playing it. And I was like, that's it. I gotta go. <laughs> like, and I took my little sister with me because she likes it a lot, too, as much as, yeah. as, much as I do. Because when she was little, I would make her watch it with me. But it's just, it's... It's a very cheesy movie, but it's one that I love. It's it's really good. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, Absolutely. I can let you borrow the DVD. It's, a, it's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I mean, there was so much detail in the art. I mean, if you guys noticed, like at the beginning where she's getting dumped, where Rory or Aurora mm-hmm. is getting dumped at the airport by uh, her boyfriend who wants to include other people in the relationship... 
uh, shortly after that, when she's going through this like downward emotional spiral, um, that she has like uh, armpit hair. And then by the kind of like when she's trying to pick herself back up, she's shaving it off. So even those intricate notions of trying to change and trying to move on or trying to pick your life or, or even like restart it, restart a new segment of your life. Those little intricate moments, sort of like when you cut your hair after a relationship or when you start wearing makeup again, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Those kind of little um, Easter eggs, those little kind of like things that I could relate to uh, meant a lot in the story itself. And they weren't in your face. They were like just like little Easter eggs that were kind of guiding you through the story. And um, maybe somebody didn't see them, but I did. I saw them and I was like, wow, this is. I, this is an amazing book. I love the story. I love the art. I love everything. I know I've talked so much about it. I just love it. <laughs> well, I like the... Oh, sorry. I I like the comment that you made about being able to relate to um, parts of the story, which is um, why I think I liked it so much too, uh, is that so much of it was relatable. Um, it's like a slice of life, but it's also a fantasy book. So um, very much a lot of what both Aurora and Rory were going through was very relatable to me. I mean, uh, Rory's mother is very uh, overbearing and very critical <laughs> and kind of like uh, bitchy. <laughs> Uh, and it, uh, it definitely, I think can be relatable to, um, a lot of, um, people who might have similar relationships with their mothers. Um, and also being dumped is very relatable and also just being in a place of your, of your life where one chapter has ended and another one, you know, needs to begin, but you have no fucking idea what it's going to be or where it's going to take you. Um, the entire story, the entire book was filled with tons of those kinds of things that were relatable. And I loved that they were set in a setting of, of fantasy and just, um, crazy stuff happening. And <laughs> the, the familiars were so cute. I loved the familiars and they had their own little personalities and they were so, um, defensive and loyal to their, to their, um, <laughs> To their, to their humans as much as they could be. <laughs> the owl <laughs> cracked me up. But you know what? That is one of the things I loved about this book is because, like, there was no real narration, like an outside narrator. The, psychoanal the psychoanalysis of the characters and where they were coming from and what made them endearing to me as a reader were the familiars talking about their witches mm -hmm. amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really great because at one point, Aurora slash Rory was kind of like annoying me. But I could understand her stance because I actually, and this happened with another another comic book where the character reminded me so much of myself in my early 20s that I kind <laughs> of like disliked her. Mm. And so, uh, especially the relationship with her mother, because my mom was like amazingly perfect and hardworking and disciplined and all this stuff. And I was just so like, I just want to party. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, it, you know, I just want to go out with my friends and I just want to be in love or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and Rory reminded me so much of, of myself and how, 
and and the relationship she had with Angela, who Angela was more disciplined and mm-hmm. all about, you know, like her um her internship and all of that. But Rory Rory Aurora was so entangled in her own life that she didn't realize that Angela was having such a hard time trying to balance the fact that she was having an internship with Rory's mom. It needed to be professional, but yet knew her outside of the professional life that she had kind of a hard time kind of like switching back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then this whole drama with Rory in the middle was like just not making it easy on her at all. So and then, you know, that kind of blow up was really like. It just was really honest and true in the story and the whole entire story was you know, I, I didn't have a friend like that, you know, but it was really honest. I could see how how that happened and how the familiars described it. And it was just kind of perfect, kind of perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, my favorite thing about most uh, works like this is the mix of real, like real world problems in a fantasy setting. Because like, mm-hmm. even if the world was magical and fantastical and there was dragons and dragon sanctuaries and like, uh, cool plants that could like kill you if you hear <laughs> them scream and stuff like that. The, the everyday problems of being a person are still there. Like you can, like the the problems that plague us here aren't gonna go to aren't gonna go away just because we are now in a fantastical setting. I feel like that in a lot of fiction and fantasy, the whole concept is that if when you go to this fantasy world, all your problems will be solved. When that's not the case, and I kind of like this, uh, this this kind of like this world is magical, yeah, but it's no big deal. It's always been like this. Uh, and those problems that you want to avoid, they're not gonna go away, so you gotta, you better address them. And there was just, there was a lot of drama in the book, and I, I really liked that. It was like a fantasy telenovela, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Totally loved it. I mean, just, just having just the walkthrough in the lab was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, like all these things they're studying and for the benefit of all the witches and, you know, like this holistic approach to it, all the different, you know, what I really loved too was when they were describing all the curriculum in the graduate school courses, I was like, that's something I never thought about. <laughs> it's, it's just super cool. And one of the things that I found funny is like Spanish in the blah, 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 blah. No, no, Spanish as a language. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, but it was super cute. I mean, I, I want to name some of them, but I can't remember. But it, it was very, it, it's very thought out. Like there was definitely, a. I feel that there was a, a lot of uh, uh, kind of research done just to create those curriculums i mean mm-hmm. or there was a lot of thought put the into night- them like of like yes. hey like if this is a world that exists this is what would be studied kind of thing and that was i really like the college setting too because you can tell this is something yes. from some people who have been to college and they're like damn there's a lot of shit to do and stuff <laughs> but not only that as i was reading the subjects i was just like oh this is all shit that i would be down for to be studying like damn i live in a magic world and i get to study these magic topics sign me the fuck up i will be the a plus student uh <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean there was a part that uh, I think during uh, one of the more uh, newer curriculums, uh, the professor was saying, she's like, 
we have the voodoo doll and does the voodoo doll have the ability to create magic or is it the vessel of the magic and if so is the subject matter the magic or is the people that uh, do the spells the people that create the magic i mean i was like <laughs> mind blown like inanimate object or the person or does magic just exist all around us like it was it was just i mean i'm paraphrasing but i mean that kind of blew my mind how the dialogue was so amazing with all these characters in a magic setting so like you have dialogue dialogue is is hard but to put it in a magic world setting was like oh my god you just elevated it and in college oh my god love well i was i was reading that actually sophie is a professor at um a college and so she actually is in education so she probably took a lot from that to put into this book and the other thing that i thought was really interesting is that this story originally showed up as um a serialized um offering to her patreon followers so this was something cool that they got um a little bit at a time for being her patreon um patreons and so um and then she uh published it in a full book so i thought that was really cool and i think that that's like i don't know what level it was but that's a hundred percent worth it like this this story was really really good i really i really loved it a lot it was well thought out and you you brush up on the art and the art looks simplistic at first glance but it's actually very yes it's it's very complicated in the in the fact that they were able to use um like for like with not a lot they were able to uh like um um, infer a lot of emotions and a lot of tensions between the characters as well and even like where their gaze was focused in as well at one point uh uh angela and aurora uh and aurora's like potential boyfriend were out on like uh they were out on what was very much a like a date and then angie Uh was just there like as kind of as a third wheel and she felt like a third wheel you can tell it from the art from the artwork that she was very uncomfortable being there and that takes a lot of skill that you Mm -hmm. can absolutely and so it's just it's it's a very well designed book and it's and it's super it's super funny but it's also and like super dramatic but also like super super sweet and super like uh super relatable like i can't emphasize just how relatable it was especially if you're someone who's gone to college or who has had uh friendships changed and stuff like that it's Mm -hmm. just it was filled with stuff that are life lessons you learn but putting a kind of like fantastical setting so i i really enjoyed that oh yeah and when this uh in the end the ending was kind of so awesome to me because that's one of the places I'd always wanted to go. So for me, it was just like super perfect. But one of the things that really like really I felt as a reader really related to me was um, in the end when she's having the conversation with her mom and she says, "Um, come on, you would have found something to hate me for anyway. Like, because she had thought this scenario between her mom and her dad had gone a certain way. She had certain feelings towards her mom. 
not good ones. And uh, after they talked it out and everything, and she says, uh, the mom says, come on, you would have had, you would have found another reason to hate me, mm-hmm. which I definitely could relate to. Uh, not maybe a strong word is hate, but uh, maybe ne- never measure up to. So I was just like that. It's a comic book. It's it's art that seems simplistic but is really complex. Um, it's again a comic book, but yet this dialogue between her mother and her, the main character, just felt so real and so raw. I just I, man, this I honestly, guys, thank you for making me read this because I honestly <laughs> did not. I didn't. I didn't think it was my cup of tea, but when I started, I could not stop, yeah. and I was just like. After I read it, I took it to Jen, and Jen was like, I, "That's why I kept calling you because I was like, I need you to read this." <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like it's so good. Like I honestly like. I urge anybody who has daughters, or nieces, or even yourself to read this comic. It's so good. It's so good. So, are you we... ready to read it? Oh yeah, before crying <laughs> from the dialogue. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia, like a cup of champurrado and the whole panaderia. I loved it. I didn't think I was gonna like the art, but uh, and it wasn't my type of art that I usually mm-hmm. like. But uh, like I said, it was very simple. But as you read it, and when it got me, it was in the first three pages where she's going through these emotions in in the freaking airport terminal. Yeah, and I saw her face throughout the panels and I was like oh crap I love this already <laughs> like it's so good and once I picked it up I could not put it down so for me it's uh, the whole panaderia and a cup of champurrado this is Sarah alright this is Kristen and I also am giving it the whole panaderia because um, I was the same once I started reading it I um, got into it right away and the interpersonal relationships of all the characters just really were so engrossing and um, complex and I just really loved it and there is a underlying sense of comedy as well Um, and Mm -hmm. I just uh, it was very entertaining and I loved it a lot and I also love the fact that it's a it's a graphic novel that is the whole story is there so um, I also would recommend it to all readers uh, and um, the whole panaderia for me as well. Hi, right, this is Jen and I'm going to concur with my other fellow podcasters that uh, it deserves an entire panaderia. It was really good. It's a good book if you want to take a look into not magical realism because this isn't exactly magical realistic, but I could, I would guess realistic kind of urban fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say a realistic fantasy because um, it's it's it does a good job of mixing the two like realism problems like the uh, interpersonal problems and drama and stuff like that in a fantastical setting uh, mm-hmm. and how that can be done. But also it's just it's great for somebody who's like give it to someone who's a college student. I think they would find yeah. it really relatable or give it to a high schooler. I'm sure they'll be like, oh shit, well damn, I never thought of this kind of thing. That I might, mm-hmm. that my relationships might change and stuff like that. Lord knows, I wish somebody would have told me. Would I have listened? <laughs> I don't think I would have. But right, yeah. 
but a, a heads up would have been nice. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good read. I highly recommend it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that was a rave review from all of us, guys. Pick that book up. Uh, uh, contact your local comic book store. Order it. And uh, or ask them if they have it already um, available in stock. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. And on my radar today, it's Sarah. Um, look, I know Daria was a big deal in the 1990s. Was it the Did 90s? You... I think it was the 90s. Okay. Late, late to uh, mid to late 90s, I think. Okay. Um, Daria, I've tried, uh, I think I watched a few episodes and she seems like somebody that I could relate to <laughs> in my high school years yeah. for sure. Um, I, I, I didn't grow up watching it because I was already out of high school, but it seems totally familiar yeah. to me. And so, um, I just learned that Comedy Central has picked up a Daria spinoff focusing on Jody. Uh, it's being produced by Tracy Ellis Ross. And if you guys remember in another few episodes ago, we talked about Tracy Ellis Ross, who mm -hmm. happens to be uh, Diana Ross's yes. daughter, who is also the mother in Blackish mm -hmm. and is amazing. She's uh, Dr. Rainbow Johnson. Um, it's going to be produced by MTV Studios and written by Grace Nikenj Edwards, uh, who serves as the head writer. Um, they're looking to pair the show with South Park, which I didn't know was oh, still going on, guys. I didn't either. <laughs> what do you mean pair it with South the, Park? Like, it'll so like be coming this... either on before or after South Park. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. The series centers on Jody Landon, who's Daria's, Daria's friend in the fictional Lawndale High. Uh, and it picks up after the character graduates from college. Oh wow! So we're gonna see we're gonna see how she struggles or uh, tries to kind of engage into the adult world. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not familiar with these characters, like I said, because I, I am. I love Daria. Go... <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, this like I said, I watched a few episodes, and Daria is something that I was very familiar with so like i am so excited about this jody character and uh what they're gonna what they're gonna hash out and because it's an animated series i think we're gonna get new content on a regular basis oh, okay. so that's what's on that's what's on my radar all right guys it's now time for juntos y fuertes and today, Kristen has some Juntos y Fuertes. Yes. So, in the um, in the honor of Juntos y Fuertes supporting um, uh, groups or creators that are marginalized and um, need highlighting, today we are highlighting a comic convention, um, and it is called Mex Americon. It is Austin, Texas's first Latinx comic book convention. And this year, they are back for their third year, but of course, it has to be virtual this year. So they are having a virtual event that is showcasing Mexican-American and Latinx artists 
who work through the medium of comic books, graphic novels, zines, and other related media. There's going to be music, an artist alley, as well as interviews and panels, all exploring topics relating to comics and Latinx culture. Uh, so attendees will also have a chance to enter to win cash and prizes. So the event um, is going to be virtual. So actually, I really like that um these virtual events is, is really affording the opportunity for people who would never have had the opportunity to travel to places like Austin or wherever that these small little Latinx conventions were happening and it's putting them um on the radar of a lot of people who are hungry for content but also may never have known about this otherwise so the event's going to be um completely online and you can catch it at mexamericon.com so that's m-e-x-a-m-e-r-i-c-o-n.com on saturday december 12th 2020 from 11 a.m to 4 p.m it is completely free of charge and everyone is welcome so you can visit mexamerican mexamericon.com or their social media platforms for more information that sounds amazing i mean we've uh we've seen a lot of conventions uh go virtual and i'm able to go to a lot of panels that i would have not been able to get to because of right. the schedule or because if we have a table i'm not able to go to so mm -hmm. this is just amazing and I'm so glad that you brought that up because now I'm going to go on that website and try to uh, subscribe as a participant. I'm so excited. <laughs> Alright guys, now it's time for saludos and Kristen. You have saludos today to give out to... Yes, so uh, we are giving saludos to Monkey Monsters Cosplay. If you all remember, uh, Monkey Monsters Cosplay is a uh, Latinx-driven cosplay team um, by led by um, Santos and Julia. They are a um, couple who um, came onto everyone's... Um, knowledge through their cosplay of Princess Loca and Han Cholo and they shared uh, over the weekend for Small Business Saturday that they were selling t-shirts um, with their artwork and that you can actually support them still even though there are no conventions right now which is where they were usually go and participate and you could see them um, but you can still support them so we are giving saludos to them and um, um, encouraging people to continue to support Latinx creators um, out there and um, Julia and Santos definitely are uh, people who are super super creative I mean she Julia makes all of their costumes from freaking hand she's so 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 talented so um, definitely check them out monkey monsters cosplay you can find them on um, Facebook and Instagram and find out more information about how you can purchase their items absolutely and it's a family affair so it's it's their kids as well yes. so like it's like they are all part of this geek family mm -hmm. amazing cosplay team and it's really amazing to watch and like you said julia is an amazing seamstress she creates all these um amazing costumes i mean not only han cholo and princess loca but she has all other costumes yeah. for the whole family for all of 
the family members. So it's like really amazing. Uh, one of the things I remember about them at the beginning was I encountered them on Pinterest. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. It was one of these, um, I guess I was, uh, I, th I think I was lo looking up uh, cosplays, uh, Latino cosplays, and they were the first ones that came mm -hmm. up. And then meeting them, I was so starstruck because the <laughs> first time, the first time I ever met them was at uh, one of the Heidi Ho uh, free comic book uh -huh. days comic cons. Yeah. So I was, and I had no idea you guys do them. Yeah. Uh, it was so amazing. But you can get your T-shirts at www t that's t e e public dot com, and I'm guessing you search Monkey Monster cosplay. And you'll be able to get a 35% discount on their merchandise. So please check them out. And please uh, support local businesses. They're super awesome. And like I said, it's a family affair. So it's really awesome. You should follow them on Facebook, on Instagram. They're amazing. Alright guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us? So, as always, you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Also, you can find us on the www.periodnetwork.com and you can also find other amazing podcasts from the Period Network. Uh, we're going to have a patreon pretty soon uh we're working on it so please keep an eye out for that uh please follow us on our youtube channel comic comadres i mean sorry comadres <laughs> comics on youtube uh we are coming out with new interviews um and please like and subscribe on that um also you can email us directly at comadres comics at gmail.com follow us on snapchat at comadres comics and also, we have something going out with Quince. Kristen, what, what's going on there? Yes, so if you like, subscribe, and leave us a comment, a review of our podcast on your favorite streaming platform, you'll be entered to win a copy, a not just a regular old plain-ass copy, but a signed copy of the Quince Bilingual Edition hardcover. So Quince, as you may remember, is the story of Lupe, who on the day of her quinceanera gets superhero powers. And so she has to figure out how to become a superhero, but also a student and a friend and a daughter and all this crazy stuff that happens when you have superpowers. And it's such an amazing story. And the copy um, of the bilingual edition, which on one side is in English and then the other side is in Spanish and is separate in the middle with all kinds of extra content, could be yours for the easy, 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 easy task of just leaving a review of our podcast on your favorite streaming platform. And when we mean favorite streaming platform, we mean Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh iTunes, iPodcast, I always get to Apple spell. Podcasts now, I think. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, yes. Or even like and subscribe to our YouTube and leave uh -huh. us a, a comment there too. So uh, it's any of those platforms, guys. I suggest once you're done here, just go ahead and leave us a review. It doesn't have to be a good review. It could be a bad review. We are just 
happy to hear from you and engage with us as listeners out there um, and enter to win this copy of Quince, which is autographed by all um, the creative team of Quince plus a lot of the people that have some back matter on this hardcover edition this bilingual edition so thank you for that thank you in advance thank you so much for listening please keep safe we have been your hosts i'm sarah i'm Kristen, and i'm jen bye guys bye bye